It's not that we just want to keep pumping in money even beyond the fact that it makes sense. I actually really wanted to get a job in the UK, but the year I was leaving was the year Brexit happened and it was impossible. I actually think monetizing a community is impossible in India. Again, in India, 26% of our workforce is only women. And Hello everyone, welcome to the Breaking Uneven podcast. We love to talk shop, uncover the beauty of failures and play a few games. Today we have with us Karina Kohli, the founder of Humcare. Karina, are you excited to I'm be here? I'm very excited. We're really happy to have you on. And I must say your journey so far has had a large range. Uh, from the textiles industry to chocolates to security seals, healthcare, you've covered it all <laughs> and in the true entrepreneurial spirit looking across hr brand growth accounts and a lot more so um is that a good description of what you've done so far wow you guys have really done your homework <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think for me i knew i always wanted to build something uh growing up with parents who are both entrepreneurs in their own fields and growing up in a just a business family. Uh, I think I always knew I wanted to start something of my own, uh, build something, but I wasn't actually sure what that product would be. I knew I really cared about women's health, having you know dealt with my own fair share of issues when it comes to women's health as well. Um, but in terms of experience, I think for me, my kind of intent or my goal with my work experience was just to learn as much as I possibly could. So anything and everything in the business world would, uh, you know, attract me to want to try to learn, whether it's accounting or whether it's marketing. I think everything is such an important piece of the puzzle. Yeah. puzzle. So that was kind of how I looked at things I wanted to try before I started. No, fair. It makes sense, right? To do like, to try everything exactly. because you're going to do that as an entrepreneur anyways. Yeah. But yeah, Humke is what, the, uh, what has brought you here. So let's dive into a smaller game to learn a little bit more about what Humke is. Okay. So this game is called the Twitter Pitch Challenge. Oh and gosh. Basically, Twitter is known for its 280 character mm -hmm. limit on every tweet, which sometimes makes it a little difficult to convey your thoughts. Mm -hmm. So it takes about 20 seconds to speak to 80 characters. And that's the challenge that we're transferring to you, which is to explain to us Humke in 20 seconds. But it's not that easy. You also need to use one emoji and one hashtag in your tweet. Great. Okay. Cool. Are you uh, ready? So Dami okay. is going to show you a timer to intimidate you a little bit. Okay. <laughs> go for so, it. Three, three, two, one, go. Humcare handshake emoji is the future of family building healthcare and women's health through the entire family building journey, fertility, family planning, pregnancy, postpartum care for people and organizations. Oh, hashtag healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was 18 seconds. So, Solid. Okay. Yeah, under 20 and that's what the goal was. But yeah, really like good description in terms of like what you're focused on, right? And I liked how you said it was like for people and organizations and not just... Um, organizations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but before we get into Humcare, a little bit more about you and where you started from so we went through your linkedin and we picked out yes. a certificate that you have oh god um it's the break even and cost volume profit analysis certification 
and obviously you picked this out because of the Breaking Uneven podcast. So what does a break-even analysis serve to do uh, as per you? Wow, I think I did this certification like six years ago, <laughs> <laughs> which was like, I think some LinkedIn course yep, that yeah. I was exploring. <laughs> um, very honestly, I think impact, of course, is the center of what we do and my purpose um, and hums kind of mission but of course we are building a business and you know numbers are very very important so for me I think that kind of course was understanding that journey and that business trajectory um, when we actually would break even how to kind of get there um, just understanding a little bit about that graph yeah um, that's honestly as much as I can tell you about it because it was <laughs> such a long time ago um, but I think when it comes to breaking even it's really important that the numbers make sense and that's essentially the kind of business we're building at hum as well is it's a lean company uh, we care about numbers and we care about delivery and execution so it's not that we just want to keep pumping in money even beyond the fact that it makes sense and we have no sight of when we're going to break even. We actually currently make money on every single order um, and every single client that we have. So that was kind of why I wanted to do that and the way we look at how we want to run this company. Yeah, fair enough. And that's exciting that like you're <laughs> making uh, money on every single client do you have when we started breaking uneven we called it breaking uneven because we were like thinking of reasons why business is more than the break even point yeah and historically that was where most businesses define their success mm. so for you how much of your success do you rely on like the breaking even part of it and um yeah do you still use it as a measure of success for your business um, I actually agree with what you said. I think a business, it's important to understand the bigger vision um, instead of like, oh, are we breaking even today? Um, but as a bootstrap startup, right? Um, we actually just were in the middle of our seed run. We can't talk about it yet, but um, <laughs> we will be announcing that in January or Feb. Um, but as a bootstrapped company, especially a company that we were still figuring out what our product was back when we started in 2020. So it was very important to me that we find a way to become this kind of self-sustaining entity yeah. um, instead of just kind of pumping, pumping, pumping in money. And that was important to me. Of course, as you scale a company and grow, it's hard to break even every single you know stage or series that you raise, right? Um, but for me, it was just very important when we were figuring out our product market fit, when we were figuring out our product and just as a boost bootstrapped company yeah we we get more into the break-even angle because if you see like in finance even today you're, you're taught like net present value you're taught payback period you're taught mm -hmm. about like the break-even point of and i think in terms of like if you take a business like uber mm -hmm. right those numbers for uber just don't add up okay. to the valuation so it was kind of to understand that you know there is value that you're creating beyond the numbers mm -hmm. but like at the end of the day if the business is not making money then yeah what's the what's, what's the, the end goal yeah, yeah exactly so that's why like that's why we wanted to just get in I, we know it was a long time ago yeah. but I was trying to understand what your mindset for that is but so coming to you, your mindset yeah. you know as a founder today you've since the start of your career in the textile industry you've chosen mm -hmm. to like go beyond one particular department you did a rotational program yeah. so how does that 
Um, one, why did you choose to go in that direction from the beginning and how does that affect you as a founder today? Interesting. So after university, I actually really wanted to get a job in the UK. I think that was the work experience I wanted. Um, but the year I was leaving was the year Brexit happened and it was impossible to get a yep. work permit, right? <laughs> impossible. Um, so when I actually came home, I of course met, um, you know, a bunch of people looking for opportunities, wanting to see what's out there on the options. And this opportunity stood out because the entire concept of rotational is that you get to learn many things. And that's what attracted me to it the most. Um, I think learning in a manufacturing uh, company, uh, learning how to kind of build, because it yep. was a manufacturing uh, company of textiles. So that actually really attracted me because I felt like there's so many facets from the product angle, the manufacturing angle, to then the marketing and, you know, execution. So that was why I joined and it was the rotational factor that really attracted me. I obviously didn't know what I was in for. I also wasn't particularly attracted to the textile bit because I didn't know that that was what I wanted to do. But no. it was just the kind of role um, and it was an amazing opportunity where I learned a lot. Yeah, I think like for me, the way I look at myself as a founder is I'm not like particularly, um, I don't care about a particular industry. Like if there's a business and there's a model, yeah, exactly. then I'm happy to like explore yeah. it regardless of the industry. And I feel like even you, because of your range of industry experience yeah. and then finally picking healthcare, also have that kind of mindset. Like if exactly. there's kind of a business to be done, money to be made. We'll figure it out. And figure it learn, out. right? Yeah. Like the best part about doing new things is all the new things you can learn. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So obviously that experience of yours was crucial. But today as a founder, mm -hmm. if you had to pick like one kind of department, in a, let's say in a large company, right? like whether it's marketing or accounts or finance, HR, whatever mm -hmm. it might be, which one would you pick? How, how do founders answer that question? I think <laughs> if you had to, impossible. gun to your head, you have to pick one department. Like to. what do you find the most exciting? Wow, um, product. Product. Um, it's, I, I can get lost in this <laughs> building and you know exploring all the things we can do. So 100% product. Yeah, you like going down yeah. the rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that being said, uh, currently I can't choose. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, speaking about product and coming to Humcare, mm -hmm. it started off as baby space and then yeah. became Humcare. Mm -hmm. So did the business pivot when that transition happened yeah. um, or was it just a rebranding? Oh, okay. So I can actually give you a little bit of context as well of how yeah. we started. So baby space was kind of this brainchild that I had based on you know my experiences research I did uh, my passion when it comes to just looking at healthcare with a gender equitable lens uh, I want to make sure that women have equal access to high quality care and something that's personalized to them and their needs um, baby space was a very very simple web application we call it the beta version now v v v v v one kind of embarrassing to look at now um, but there was no business model there was no specific idea or goal we had other than to spread awareness during covid um, if you remember the first two waves of covid were traumatic globally for everyone um, our healthcare system was on complete overload and I remember I had a friend who was pregnant at the time and she had, she couldn't get in touch with her OBGYN. She had so many questions about, 
can I get vaccinated if I'm pregnant? How do I breastfeed if I have COVID? Will my baby be okay? And I remember just saying, you know what, I'm just going to start something. I want to just build something to help get awareness and it needs to be doctor verified. And I think that was very important to us back in the day because of course we all have access to the internet and you can go through this <laughs> spiral of everything and everything leads to a headache. Somehow the outcome is you know, it's a very severe, yep, yeah. you know, disease. Um, it's a fatal disease. Exactly. That, yeah. Um, so what the point of baby space was, was a web application to build awareness and get doctor verified information out there. Kind of also build a community because everyone was very lonely during COVID. Um, I wasn't even sure that this was going to turn into hum or our company. It grew to about 17,000 people in a matter of, I think, two, three months organically. Wow. And it was very, it was a very strange kind of experience to have that. And that was when I sat up and I was like, hmm, clearly there's something to be done here. Um, put a small team together, started doing um, a lot of market research. We put together an interesting study of about 640 couples and parents in India to understand what they needed, what was missing in the market and the kind of care they were looking for. Cut to early last year, we launched Care as a healthcare organization. We actually launched B2C first. Again, very tough um, to kind of crack in the Indian market, given how expensive customer acquisition is. Um, but one of our clients, who I can't name, came to <laughs> us, uh, uh, again, a Fortune 5 company, and they said, hey, can you do this for our employees? And can't dive a lot deeper into that due to confidentiality. But that was our aha moment into the B2B world. And that's how we launched a little bit before we, I guess, go back to like the B2B space, sure. I wanted to talk about the community angle of things. Yeah. Like you said, you built a community during a COVID and like 17,000 people yeah. in like two, three months is really, it's incredible to Thank gain you. that traction, traction so fast. Um, so what are your thoughts on um, not necessarily B2C as consumer, but B2C as business to community? Like, do you think that's the next wave of things? Wow, that's going to be a controversial answer. <laughs> uh, I actually think monetizing a community is impossible in okay. India. Uh, that's just my opinion. Yeah. I think uh, we are a little different to the West, um, specifically when it comes to culturally um, and also the commercial angle of things. I think especially when it comes to healthcare, right, we're dealing with a very sensitive matter, family building, um, certain aspects of women's health, uh, ch child's health. Um, awareness is not, you know, prevalent to a large extent when it comes to certain topics. And I also think access to primary forms of healthcare are not, it's not prevalent, right? It's not a lot. Um, so I think when it comes to this space, specifically healthcare, I don't particularly think community is the first priority or the route to get there. I do think building a community is important in general because I think feeling less alone, creating, you know, awareness, a community of healthy conversation, open conversation is so, so important. So we definitely still do that at home. But in terms of GTM, uh, our learnings of the space have kind of shown us otherwise. Uh, <laughs> I, but I also think it depends on your product. Yeah, 100%. Fair enough. I think for like, for me, my business is also like really community based. Like yeah. we do a lot of, we basically appeal to all the creative communities. 
and it's kind of like you don't the way we look at it is we're not monetizing on the community mm-hmm. we're just creating value for them exactly um so yeah it's slightly different to exactly the way they do it in yeah. the west which is yeah straight up like quite direct here yeah. it's like you still have to just whether you're creating value for an entire community or a particular consumer mm-hmm. it's kind of just like you can group your target audience or not group them that's the way exactly. we look at and it and it also depends on your product right the yeah. more sensitive things are people really prioritize confidentiality yeah. privacy right so i think it really depends especially in this yeah. situation exactly. like i think people can have very like tough moments when they are like either doing family planning or like yes. going through anything yeah. in this space yeah. so i guess it it can go both ways because you want to find people that are going through something similar mm-hmm. so that you feel reassured but at the same time it's something so sensitive and personal that you don't necessarily want to share with yeah. everyone either so it's like striking that balance between finding someone that you can connect with versus also keeping it personal and private so, absolutely yeah. and i i genuinely feel like unfortunately in india the stigma around being open about your like health mental health anything is mm-hmm. still quite high is very high it's it's and it's yeah. <clears throat> like again like if there is like you know because you're appealing again to a range of the kind of people mm. i feel like there's a lot of um ignorance as well from like urban populations about around the stigma they like doesn't 100%. exist no but it does like for the masses it's like and it's at still at like peak level yeah. so honestly you'd be surprised and uh, we've been in this space now for almost 4 years but the stigma is extremely high even yeah. in urban india and educated you know homes families people's lives um yeah. of course it's for years and years and years culturally we have been kind of conditioned to think in a certain manner and you know process things a certain way consider things hush hush to a certain yeah. way so urban india 100% the stigma exists and then going beyond that which is the dream right that's our india and that's how we're building for our country that's a very different conversation because it's even more yeah, yeah. yeah. no i i fully agree and i feel like we're urban india like is really not at all a representation of india and i say this quite often is like if you can understand mm-hmm. the ethos of of larger india that's the only time you can actually do anything here like whether that's it's in a company or appealing to people yeah. it's you have to understand and understand like 1.8 billion people not like 5 million people 100% <laughs> yeah all right so our next challenge is to truth and a lie to understand a little more about your journey or your journey with humcare yep. we will ask you to give us three statements amongst which two of them are the actual truth and then one of them is a lie this can be anything from achievements challenges personal home care whatever you wish for it to be so and then we'll have to guess which one is a lie great okay so i'm a very bad liar which is what <laughs> i want to start with hence i've written down my points i spent a couple of minutes doing that um so the first one uh i didn't come up with the name home care myself second i spoke to a thousand women one on one when i was starting out and doing research third i'm a night owl and i love working at night i would say the second one is true given that she said that she worked with 640 couples for a research paper so like 200 300 extra people possible yeah and for yeah. extra people possible so i say 1000 people is true before 
possible. I would say the first one is also is probably true because a lot of founders don't name their own companies. Like, like they pick something from what someone has said in a conversation that they love. Yeah. So, and the third one was night owl. So are we saying that's the lie? That you're yeah. not a that you're, yeah, not, you're, you're not, not a yeah, night owl. Let's, let's yeah. go with that. You're that's a morning right. person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you guys are spot on. Um, I'm definitely not a night owl. I need I need sleep, but I can't function the next day. Um, but yeah, you also okay. chose the earlier slot, but like Today the eleven a.m. slot. I um, was ready to come at night. You have me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't actually come up with the name. My sister did. Um, this was when we were rebranding, and she came up with the name Hum and. I think it took us a bit of time to love it because we were so used to baby space. But then something about it just had a personality and yep. it yeah. felt warmer. Um, yeah. Of course, it means us in Hindi, which yeah. is so important. But that's how the name happened. Cool. Um, what was the thought behind like renaming it? Like, why did you want to change? I think baby space was too limiting and it wasn't inclusive enough, honestly. And now what we do at home, whether it is for single parents, same-sex couples, uh, couples uh, looking to adopt, um, exploring fertility options, and then of course moving into women's health things like PCOS, endometriosis, thyroid menopause, um, and then of course parenthood. I didn't think baby space was inclusive enough to everyone's unique journey. Um, and I think we were just kind of looking for a warm feel that had a personality, you know, and Hum Care, while is our name, Hum could also be a cute little mascot. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's how it started, yeah. No, I feel like Hum is also like, like Baby Space could potentially be the name of a toy store as well, yeah, right? Like right, it's, it's yeah. not like direct and Hum Care is like, you know, it's about, if nothing else, you know, it's about caring. Yeah. So, and yeah. that's good enough to like, understand what you're about and you're covering so much more than just um like babies yeah correct so as you said like it needed to be a little more inclusive for everything that y'all were covering as well but um on your second point of speaking to a thousand women so you said that you spoke to 640 couples Mm -hmm. for research and then also like thousand women in total like how did you go about doing that where did you find like these people and what was like that journey um Honestly, it was shocking because when I came back from university, I spent a little bit of time doing research because I wanted, I knew I cared about this space, yeah. but I didn't know what aspect, you know, yeah. or what was missing. Honestly, I just messaged people on Instagram and Facebook. Oh, really? A very strange thing to do, frowned upon, <laughs> uh, people would say. <laughs> um, but I just reached out to a bunch of people who were expecting, who were pregnant, put out like a Google ad, a Google form. And I spent a lot of time. Uh, I lost my voice a few times. Um, but it was amazing because people were open to talking yeah. and chatting. We, of course, had you know a survey that we built as well. We did a lot of uh, group discussions, focus group discussions, and then a lot of one-on-one. But it was very random. Uh, I just messaged everybody. Uh, <laughs> and that's how it happened. Were yeah. these also strangers or were they oh, just they were friends? all strangers. Yeah. Oh, like I would say probably like 10% for people. Yeah. 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 I feel like sometimes people are more comfortable talking about like being more open with a stranger because like the stranger doesn't have context to your life and like it just allows you to be a little more free with what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, and I made a mistake. It wasn't only women. We did talk to men as well and fathers. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so I had more lies. Oh, it was just one we needed. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I grabbed oh. two more. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so like you got two more sets of three statements. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's oh, do it. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Uh, okay. The next one is I love camping and hitchhiking. Okay. Second is I find the underwater world intimidating and kind of scary. And then the third is I find The Shining directed by Stanley Kubrick really calming to watch. I wish the third one is a lie. <laughs> you wish it could be a lie. I don't think it is though. No, it could if be you're a lie. morning person, you'd probably love camping and hiking. I feel like. Yeah. Whoa, the generalization. Yeah, I mean, it's not like and it's stereotype. Not, yeah, it's quite a stereotype. Really? I feel like I'm not saying that like only morning people can do camping. I'm saying generally, like, if you like, you because for trekking and stuff, you have to like wake up early many times. <laughs> so it's still outdoorsy. Yeah, fair. Okay. She's just um, trying to confuse you. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I was camping. Sorry, what was the second one? I find the underwater, underwater world intimidating and scary. Oh I'm going to put a timer, guys. Oh. Okay, fine. Let's just go with... I'm going to say the underwater is a lie. Yeah, that's a lie. No, that's true. If I'm well, intimidated. The concept of diving, I find really intimidating. Because right? we also just don't know what's up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so... Yeah. <laughs> Random and dark, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. So I, I had a panic attack when I went scuba diving once. So. Oh wow. I get that. Okay, no, I'm petrified. <laughs> um, and I really don't like the concept of hiking and camping. I've watched and read way too many horror stories to do that kind of stuff in in the dark in yeah. a random uh, space. Right. And uh, I love The Shining. I've never watched it. I, watched it and I don't think I could ever watch it. So. It's an amazing movie. You okay. should watch it. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, the other, the oh, third yeah. one. We'll do the third one. Um, okay. Uh, our team is still completely virtual, and some of us have only met online. Second, our team members are a majority of women, and the third, I'm very comfortable with the concept of winging it and making things things up as I go along. I'm gonna go with the team is com- remote. As the lie. As a lie? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with the third one. I feel like maybe you like to plan stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, you're right. Yeah. I was uh, thinking I thought of that, and, but then I was like, yeah. maybe I play the games of numbers if like the third one was a lie the first time. <laughs> I did not think like that when I She had a 1205 heart stop. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah. 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 Extreme. I don't know how you can't be type A if you're like building something. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Extremely yeah. type A and like on. To the extent sometimes I'm like, oh, pretend to be more chill. <laughs> and um, what were the other ones? The team began online. Yeah, well, online. some of them have only met. Uh, I've met everyone now, but some of us have only met online, which is insane. Yeah, um, but cool. now we're moving into hybrid. That'd be nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. And then the second one was? Uh, it's consistent. Majority of majority women. Women. Yeah, that was That's very true. important to me because... Again, in India, 26% of our workforce is only women and we are a minority. And it's something that it is our goal and our mission at home to bring more women to re-enter the workforce, um, specifically, and again, diving a little bit into work. But um, maternity is the number one reason women yeah. end up quitting their careers and their 
just the workforce in entirety. So it is our goal and it's very important to me to have women on an equal, if not more. It's also a reason why many people don't hire women exactly. as well because they expect them to take either maternity leave or... Or not come back. Yeah. yeah. So. And at Hum, what we do is we ensure and we support women to come back after maternity and make sure we fill in that void and mediate between the employee and employer yeah. because it's really important to break that vicious cycle of women yeah. not coming back, so people not hiring, so then women not having yeah. independence and financial uh, independence. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now moving on to red flags. Okay. Um, we're going to give you three hypothetical situations composed of two things that are going good and one that's a red flag. Okay. Um, you have to assume that these statements are true and we've adapted them for you and home care. Okay. Uh, and then you have to pick which of these situations you would rather be in. Okay. So situation one, home care has more than 5,000 individuals registered. You are working with more than 100 organizations. But your pricing model is starting to break down at the scale. Situation two, your tools and tracker have spun off into a separate subscription business. You have taken care of more than 10,000 pregnancy cares, but your last few reviews have been below average. And then last is situation three, Humcare is raising a round of funding. Your newsletter is actively helping empower parents, but you aren't able to find experts to join your team lately. So these are the three situations and you have to choose which one you would rather be in. Okay. I thought which one's a red flag and I was going to be like all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say I would potentially rather be in situation two where our reviews have been below average because we could definitely set up a bunch of ways to proactively find a solution to this and figure out what's going wrong. Anyway, with our health concierge and our team, we ensure that every single user speaks to our team. Uh, We have an NPS system. We also figure out whether they're happy, whether they're not happy. We do quarterly reviews as well. Um, So I think we would be able to troubleshoot this and figure out why it's below average and definitely prioritize it. I mean, honestly, user experience is the number one priority. Yeah. Yeah. So we would just make that B1 and push. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Cool. Should we yeah. go on to the next uh, and last? Um, we're coming towards the end. Okay. So we're going to first start off with the rapid fire. Okay. Um, self-explanatory, quick questions, quick mm-hmm. answers. So to begin, how many days of leave have you taken in the last year? Like, w- what is leave? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, define leave. Like, like annual leave? Zero work? Yeah. yeah. Zero? Yeah. No days. Zero, zero days? Zero. zero. <laughs> Does that mean replying to emails is like, not a thing? No. Okay, zero. Wow. I mean, I think it's it's tougher to delineate that between like when you're remote. Like yeah. for me, leave is if I don't come to office yeah. and I'm not working from home. That's leave for me. But are you communicating any work-related aspect? Yeah, I mean, that I think is unavoidable yeah. even on a Sunday. Okay, yeah. So let's say you're allowed to email or reply to emails. Like, have you taken days off? Have you been on like holiday? I don't want any days off though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm you're okay. doing something good then. Yeah. Like, you're, I want to. I, I like you could be sitting in Thailand but still oh, repl- if, replying to emails. If I'm <laughs> even if I'm traveling or anything, I'm up six a.m. for meeting. Like yeah. five thirty. It's. I, but I want to. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. What was what was or is your proudest moment with Humcare? Um, I think to be honest, 
all of our days have these kind of pockets of moments whenever we know we've helped someone or whenever we've just you know successfully been able to have a good consult and someone's been able to get the prescription they wanted or a solution they wanted so again we really love and care about our users that's like number one so every single time we get any positive kind of outcome through the care we give i would say that's our biggest win time and time again fair enough what was the one time you felt like you let home care down oh um i don't know i feel like it's important to not have that mindset only because problems honestly there are problems every day right yeah. um of course we all have days where we feel like we're not good enough and not doing enough and i think imposter syndrome is a very real thing i deal with yeah. it all the yeah. time um especially being kind of this type a anxious personality where you always want to be on top of things so i can't really remember one time um but there are definitely moments but what's important in that situation is to pick yourself up and be like you know what that's temporary um but what we need to do is be proactive to figure out how to solve but it's hard to pick one in a startup journey <laughs> it's really hard <laughs> what's your single metric for success in general impact what is the scrappiest thing you've done to build your business other than speaking to a thousand people Oh, so many things. Um, <laughs> find out where a particular person who I wanted to meet or speak to was, and just wait around um, after his or her meeting, just to say hi. I'm Karina. <laughs> um, I don't. I everything right. Like we worked off hours. Four um, a.m. airport. you know transportation getting there 40 hour trips it's very common and i feel like if you really care about what you do you just do it yeah. and scrappiness i think you should never not be scrappy no matter yeah. how much money you have in the bank no matter how many users you have or how big you are scrappiness should always be at the core of building a lean and you know intelligently built company 100% yeah. uh what was your emotion when you first let someone go i really was not happy about it i think anyone who's on our team knows that we want them on for a very long time uh and i want everyone to be a part of the big win and the big long journey um very hard i had also never done that before right uh on an individual level So it was intimidating, but sometimes it's important, and you have to do what's best for the company yeah. always, and prioritize the company over your own emotions as well. Yeah, yeah. What did slash will you do with your first profit? Put it back in the company. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there anything else? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It depends on the kind of founder you are. Do you prefer books or podcasts? Oh. I think they both do very different things. I read a lot um and not on Kindle. I love feeling that book and the paper in my hand. Um and podcasts I actually enjoy watching more than listening. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I don't know how people like don't watch. Agree, yeah. 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 I think we do very different things. Sometimes when you want to get lost or fall asleep quicker, I prefer reading um because I feel like it's better to be off technology. Um but podcasts are great for flights. sitting at airports yeah. which i do a lot um so yeah do you prefer ipads or notebooks oh notebooks notebooks yeah. and what's your favorite social media i don't know whatsapp <laughs> doesn't yeah. count oh doesn't count 
What counts then? Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. YouTube. Oh, okay, YouTube. I want to be techie and say Twitter, but I would be lying. <laughs> um, I think Instagram is extremely addictive. Yeah. yeah. To the extent sometimes you need to be like stop. detox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. So that concludes our rapid fire segment, oh, that was um, fun. which almost brings us to the end of our conversation. But we're not letting you go yet. We ask every guest of ours to ask our next guest a question. Ooh, so okay. we're going to ask you your question. Like we're going to show you the question that our previous guest asked you. Okay. Um, yeah. So you have to fire someone verbatim to the camera. What do you tell them? Come up with a name, come up with an entire speech and give me the speech. I don't want to hear no advice. I want to hear what you're going to say. Oh my God. To let someone know. <laughs> That's not even what I had in mind for my question. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, should I pretend it's one of you? Yeah. <laughs> okay, who wants to get fired today? Okay, I'll get fired. Okay. Um, um, so Anuj, I actually wanted to have a quick chat with you and um, I'm sure you're already aware that, you know, there have been some differences that have been standing out and we haven't been too happy with, you know, your delivery at the organization. There's been a lot of miscommunication as well and I'm sure you already know that respect and honesty is very, very important to me and I do not appreciate anyone uh, who lies about anything. Uh, we have given you a bunch of opportunities to kind of, you know, try again. Um, however, unfortunately, at this stage that we are in, I don't think you're the right fit for us. And of course, I truly, truly value the work that you've done. But I do think we need to set a boundary at some point, um, which you crossed. So unfortunately, we'd have to let you go. But I'd be happy to give you a letter of recommendation um, if you require. And I'm happy to have you on for another month until you find something else. But at this time, I think the road ends here. Interesting. Yeah. How come you chose to go with honesty? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> could be some experience <laughs> I, I, I'm a person who honesty is very important. I can deal yeah, with anything but not lies. Yeah. Um, so I'd rather you tell me how bad uh, you messed up, but do not lie. lie. I'm the exact same. Like yeah. the only time I have ever reprimanded someone is like people have delayed stuff and all of that. But the yeah. only time I actually reprimand someone like where I get serious and I take them into the room is like, hey, you can get delayed. You can do whatever. Just don't lie. Yeah. Like if I catch that's, you in a lie, yeah. in my head, that's like, Okay, yeah, this person yeah. is ready to be let go. Yeah. Like I, that's I the immediate I trust, thing. Yeah. And trust and reliability trust. is so important. Yep. Right? So but I felt so awkward. Like you can see <laughs> like, uh, like okay. You were very good with it. Like straight faced, yeah. direct. Yeah. Maybe because it's not a real situation, but still I, but I'm also I feel like there. you could ask. But she's calm, like, like yeah. she's been the same. Throughout the conversation, yeah. the same poker phase yeah. during two lies, one truth, two truths, and a lie as well. Oh, so I wasn't that bad. Of a no, lie. not at all. Not at all. Yeah. You should play poker. Sorry. <laughs> How funny. But yeah, that brings us to the end yeah. of the conversation. Had so much fun. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for giving us your time. Yeah, and thank you for doing this. I think it's such an interesting conversation to be had about just building for India and building things. Um, yeah. But yeah, thank you for having me and thanks for doing this.